This is the Adoption Law Firm Podcast. Visit us online at www.theadoptionfirm.com. Well, hi there. I'm Mary Beth McClure, and thanks for listening to the Adoption Law Firm Podcast. Thank you especially to all of our new listeners. We are so excited you are listening in on how things are going, and don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We have a lot of exciting adoption stories coming up ahead. Well, let me ask you this. Can you imagine waiting more than 1,200 days to adopt a child from foster care? Well, we know a very dear family who went through that. And today I'm excited to be featuring one of our favorite foster care adoption stories. If you've been listening to some of our previous podcasts from season one, you probably heard my husband, Sam, mention the Spies family. I went back and pulled a clip from episode four on foster care adoption. There's a great video on our website and on our YouTube channel about the Spies family adoption. When we were working on the that short documentary, I was crying when I heard uh, the husband, the father, talking about the love of Christ. The Spies family, they're uh, a small town pastor. They live in a town of 800 people, <laughs> and it has grown by 250 people since 1850, uh, which, you know, in, in our current culture of like celebrity pastors. Most pastors think, oh, that Mm -hmm. dude's a loser. That guy hasn't Mm -hmm. accomplished anything. He's at the lowest point on the totem pole. But this man has faithfully and quietly pursued holiness, pursued obedience, pursued to be useful to care for orphans. And he has changed the course of history for this child and all of this Mm -hmm. child's offspring, Lord willing. Um, Yeah, it's just remarkable. And to see how the gospel has motivated that, that Christ meets their need and that we get the opportunity to love somebody from a hard spot because God loves us and he pulls us out of the trash can every day. Right. Just, I, I really just hold up that documentary to you, the Spies Family Adoption, and let it, let it pump you up to, to pray about getting involved. Well, enough spoilers. We are going to pull up the video now and share some excerpts so you can hear firsthand their own precious voices sharing their adoption story. Here we go. Well, I'm Lincoln. This is Melinda. We have four children, and we live in Alabama, inside of Montgomery. We were fostering about five years, and then our little boy came, Hayden came. To me, it feels like small steps of wanting to be of use um, in the kingdom and to people in need and then looking at the fact that I stay home with the kids and homeschool. Little by little we figured out um, more and more about it and I I think really felt called to it strongly by the Lord. Um, And so we took the classes and we were licensed through Agape of Central Alabama, which is a fantastic organization in Montgomery, very dear to us. Then we were able to bring Hayden home uh, from the hospital. We were praying for him. My, my prayer for him was uh, that he would be adopted by a Christian family. And uh, I prayed that he would be adopted by an Agape family. And I had, we have some, some verses we would pray for him. And then very soon, I began to pray that we would be, <laughs> we would be that, that Christian family and the Agape family. And then a very long, hard, wonderful process began. We asked the species' children, Helena, Jameson, and Hudson, if they were on board with adopting a new baby through foster care. And here's what they had to say. My family's been a foster family for about five years. And during that time period, we were taking care of 10 children. 
Um, most of them have been babies. We've had some older kids. And a couple of areas can be hard. It's hard to take care of the kids themselves. Some of them have really deep needs and they need attention all the time. It's hard for us sometimes because we were used to being the three space kids and now there's another child in our life. Um, but overall, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I love taking care of kids and this has been a wonderful opportunity for me as well as my parents to do this thing that we love. Well, the first thing I remember whenever we mentioned foster care was my dad told me that we were going to do this and there were going to be little babies around. And I was pretty little and I'm always called the baby of the family. I still am even though we have Hayden. And I thought that's great, no one will call me the baby because I'm like eight years old. I'm really old. So I play the guitar, so whenever I'd come home from my guitar lesson once a week, he would um, ask me to pull out my guitar and then I'd pull it out and put it on. And he'd ask for the little pick and then he'd take the pick and drop it into the guitar and then say, oops, uh-oh, and then he'd take the next one and drop it in there and then I'd have to take it off and shake it until the pick fell out on the ground. And he just thought that that was hilarious. So I was his personal clown. I always made him laugh every day. We have some awesome videos. And that was my main job. I like to make everything a contest. So I also made a contest about who held Hayden the most. Mom won. So Hayden was in foster care for 1,215 days. That's over three years. and. In that time, we worked with um, eight different primary social workers through Agape and through DHR. Um, and the verse that we that I put on the fridge and I really um, clung to was Exodus fourteen fourteen, which is the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent because it it's just very complicated. Um, the workers I think are working very hard. It felt for us like the Lord really protected us and gave us some amazing workers who were as conscientious as they could be, um, who were trying to do what was best for the kids, um, but that took a lot of time to do. And that's, I think it's hard on the outside to understand why could something take so long? How could someone be in your house for over 1,200 days? What, what's going on? But behind the scenes, they're trying to do everything right and appropriate because it's so um, it's such a serious thing that they're doing. And, um, and for us, that was very dear that even for so many days uh, in care that um, one, it, we felt like we were being protected and two, that in the end, um, Hayden was in our home the whole time. And so for him, there weren't ups and downs. How did you handle the fears? The Lord gave me some specific psalms uh, when Hayden came. And I uh, remember very clearly bringing him home. He had to be escorted from the hospital uh, with a security officer uh, with a gun. You begin thinking about him and where he's been and uh, what his future looks like. And the Lord gave me Psalm 126. Um, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And I began uh, working through that, that, that psalm in prayer for him. Where would he go in his life? What things would he face? And whatever it was, I prayed that the Lord would be his help. Whether it was he's too little to know what's going on or whether it's 
losing his parents or whether it's facing who knows what, he really worry about, really worried about his future. And another uh, verse the Lord gave me was from Psalm 68, that God is a father to the fatherless. And he puts the, <clears throat> and he puts the solitary in families. And I began uh, really praying that for him. Lord, you've promised this. You are a father to the fathers. He is fatherless. Now fulfill your vow. Be a heavenly father to him by salvation. Can you tell us about what happened in court and how that process worked out? During our TPR hearing, our termination of parental rights, the case had been with DHR for over three years. And so one thing that was really wonderful and miraculous about our worker is that all the things that are necessary for TPR, and there, there are a lot of them, and they're very important, contacting biological family, having the case reviewed. She had only been with our case for maybe six or eight months, but she had gone back to the very beginning, and she had recontacted every person involved with the case from the beginning. She had reviewed all the ISP notes from meetings. She had done everything. So by the time we got to the TPR, um, she was able to speak about the case, even though she'd only had it for a short time. And at the end, the judge told her that it was the most prepared she had ever seen a worker be for a TPR. And our worker didn't have to do that because it had all been done before by the two workers who preceded her. But she knew that TPR is so serious um, and any little thing can put it off. And so she said, even though it's been done before, I will do it all again. And she did. And so she was praised by the judge and of course has our <laughs> eternal praise. Also wanted to, to say a word about Sam. Um, when we finally got an adoption worker, we, uh, we told him that we were working with Sam. And he said, that's good, Sam is the best. Uh, and my, my experience is he understands the entire process, but every point and every question we had, uh, he, was, he, was, he was great. And then on the day in the trial, he was just, uh, it, was, it was wonderful. I was so, so glad and, and confident that, uh, that we had Sam. So y'all chose to have a new baby around when your kids are already teenagers. Was it difficult for y'all to be back in that baby phase? Melinda's parents always say she's a surprise. And her, her siblings are considerably older. And so she had a, a great upbringing with that. But every once in a while we'll catch a, a little bit of an insinuation that we're a little bit older than, uh, than people would expect. There are many blessings uh, for that. My parents were... A little bit older, and uh, so they're a little more mature, uh, stable, strong marriage, financially stable, and just a lot, a lot more wisdom. And uh, so we just—I just think of Hayden as our surprise. It's the surprise the Lord sent, and it's just awesome. Whether you're uh, like his older siblings, it's just great for them. They and he and 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 it's just great to have big brothers and sisters who can read to you and show you how to look at, you know, videos on Facebook and, you know, they just, all this stuff that, that, that they wouldn't have. But for us, uh, it's, ju it's just been wonderful because uh, the timing is the Lord's. 
this is the Lord's best. And we, so we just, we just say, great, but it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, before, you know, you just go through your day and now the, the, the trash truck comes and it's really exciting. Or you go to the zoo and there's, there's a giraffe, you know, and, and you wouldn't do these things. And it really uh, awakens you. So I, I, I feel over and over that that we we are the the the, the, the best. We're we're the ones benefiting the most. I think it's like it's like winning the lottery. I mean, just having him, it's just been just been great. Just just you you just just love him so much, and it's just so thankful. It makes you want to exercise, and you know, and you, right. <laughs> Is foster care adoption? with all the waiting, risks and costs worth it to you? The process is, is, is very hard. I think we've been through some, some hard things in life, but I can't think of anything that was more sustained. There's the day-to-day difficulty. And then there's this dread that, uh, you know, what if the unthinkable happens? And yet the Lord really, uh, really provided for us. And then the adoption day came. You just... Just couldn't, just couldn't believe it. So the the psalm that uh, that the Lord brought to me was Psalm 126, where He says, "When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed, and our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with singing." And they said among the heathen, "The Lord has done great things for them," which is saying it's it was surreal. You, you can't believe it, and yet it's it was just our mouths were filled with laughter. We had the, the biggest party. And I, I think we've ever had the the greatest blessing of, of Hayden coming to us is is uh, now what we give him, and it's uh, and it's it's not even the wonderful things he does for us, but it's that he now has an opportunity uh, for salvation because the Bible is just replete with promises that the promises of God are to you and to your children and your children's children. And now he's a covenant child, and we, we couldn't have help from ourselves. We couldn't have help from the angels. We couldn't have help from anybody. And yet God, in his heart of love, even though we had a sin and offended him, he was the one that, that had pity on us. And I think the, the glory of what he's done through his son is the suffering that it required and the sacrifice that it required. And the payoff for us is our, our hope is that Hayden will, will be a dad. And tell us, read the Bible to his kids and pray with his kids and he'll be a granddad. And he'll be a great granddad. And our prayer is that he would find salvation. And that by doing that, there would be hundreds, if not thousands of new people coming into the kingdom as a result of the adoption of our, our sweet little boy. Well, that is the Spies family, and we'll put a link to the video in the show notes of this podcast so you can see the full story and get to know this precious family just a little bit more. As you probably picked up at this point, Lincoln is a pastor of Hainville Presbyterian Church. I also wanted to tell you a bit about an article that was featured in the Aquila Report written by Reverend Ross Hodges, another adoptive parent. The Hodges were just here with us on the podcast, and I'm going to leave a link in the show notes so you can hear their encouraging story as well. But Ross had this to say. 
When the world around us is in chaos and the foundations seem to be shaking, what is it that makes an impact for the kingdom of God? What does Christian faithfulness look like in uncertain and troubling times? What kind of people and what kind of actions will God use to make a difference in our day? In the year 2021, those may seem like difficult questions, but perhaps the answer is not as complicated as we might think. Our senior pastor has pointed out that one way of considering these questions is in Psalm 37. There, in the context of evil people doing evil things, the psalmist tells us not to fret and instead to trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. With that in mind, as my wife Joanna recently reminded me, perhaps faithfulness in these days is as simple as doing the next right thing. If so, then faithfulness for each Christian is simply doing the next right thing that fits with God's calling on your life. Be where God has placed you. Fulfill your calling as an employee or student, spouse, parent, or child, and be an active member of your church. In other words, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness and delight yourself in the Lord. As Michael Horton might say, faithfulness can look very ordinary, and yet God may use that ordinary faithfulness for great kingdom growth. In fact, as his word tells us, we can be quite sure that he does. And that is extremely encouraging in days like these. Allow me to give you an example of this kind of encouragement and introduce you to the Spies family. Lincoln, Melinda, and their four kids live in Hainville, Alabama, a city with a population of about 800. Lincoln, a PCA pastor, ministers to three historic congregations in Lowndes County, a, quote, black belt community that still makes its living off of farming. A few years ago, the Spies wanted to ask a question similar to the ones posed above effectively wondering, how can we be faithful where we are? How might God use us in ways that we haven't yet seen? The answer to that question came in pursuing certification to become a foster care family, which they did. They fostered several children, most of them infants, and yet also some difficult cases. And then, one day, about a newborn baby boy in the hospital. Knowing the benefits to newborns of being held, and knowing that this boy had no one to hold him, Melinda would drive to the hospital and spend time holding baby Hayden. It was the next right thing for her. It was ordinary faithfulness. Then it came time for baby Hayden to be discharged from the hospital, and the nurses began telling Melinda what she needed to do to take care of him at home. But, Melinda replied, I don't know if I'm taking him home. I'm just here to hold him. But the Lord had other plans. And the species did bring Hayden home, and they became his foster family. They were doing the next right thing, so they began to pray for Hayden. Lincoln remembers praying that God would fight for Hayden as he did his people in Exodus, and that he would fulfill his promise in Psalm 68 to be a father of the fatherless. He prayed that God would provide Hayden a family and a permanent home. And more specifically, he prayed that Hayden would be adopted by a godly Christian family. As time went by and God directed their hearts and prayers, the species began praying that they could be that adoptive family for Hayden. That decision was the next right thing. And so they pursued adopting him through all the hurdles of the modern foster care system 
with all of its gut-wrenching waiting, decisions, interviews, paperwork, and court hearings. And then, after a very long 1,215 days of foster care, their prayers were answered, and they were able to adopt Hayden. Now, the joyous reality is that Hayden is not simply a part of the Spies family. He is part of the visible family of God, the covenant community. That reality means he has all the privileges of the covenant community and the means of grace. Thus, because of his adoption, Hayden will be raised in the church and in a home where his parents will read the Bible to him, pray with him, and point him over and over again to the Lord Jesus as his Savior and Lord. From a long-term perspective, his adoption into the Spies family means that one day, Hayden can also be reading the Bible to his kids and his grandkids. In fact, there may be an entire family line in heaven descended from Hayden Spies. Only God knows, but it is sweet and wondrous to contemplate. And as Lincoln pointed out, this is a reality worthy of Psalm 126.3. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. All of this is a product of the Lord's merciful providence, but from a human perspective, God used the species' desire for ordinary faithfulness to bring about life-changing circumstances that we believe will have eternal consequences. A simple pursuit of daily faithfulness has brought a soul into the church who may have otherwise never heard the gospel never sat under the means of grace, and never known the love and forgiveness of Christ. Perhaps to many, those seem like ordinary things, but in reality they are not. They are life and death things, eternal things. Not everyone is called to participate in foster care or adoption, though perhaps God would have you consider it. Not everyone is called to vocational ministry or oversee missions, Though perhaps God would have you consider that too. But whether or not one is called to those types of kingdom service, everyone, everyone is called to daily, ordinary faithfulness through the grace and strength of God. And as you pursue that ordinary faithfulness each day, may you be encouraged to know that God will use it in His perfect way and in His perfect timing. Perhaps it will look very ordinary. Perhaps it will look extraordinary. But either way, our confidence can be that it is God's work, and one day we will all look back and sing together, The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Well, thank you, Sam. And a special thank you to Lincoln and Melinda and your whole family for saying yes to adoption through foster care. We are so appreciative of all you have gone through, your patient endurance, the example of kindness and mercy that we get to watch and imitate. Again, we're going to put the links in the show notes so you can watch Spies' adoption story if you haven't seen it already. We will also put the story of Ross and Joanna in the show notes, so check those out. Next time on the Adoption Law Firm podcast, we'll be talking to Dr. Chris and Leanne Duggar about their embryo adoption. That's going to be fun, y'all, because these guys are a riot. We hope you will subscribe and join us when we send that out. If you like this content and want to share it with others, please share it on your social media and write a review, and that will help others find us and bring more awareness to adoption and foster care. 
You know, it's crazy. There are people in your circles who haven't yet considered adoption or who have been on the fence. And the encouragement that can come from hearing from another family who have walked this path already, that might be just what they need to hear to have the courage to proceed. I'm Mary Beth, and on behalf of the team at the Adoption Law Firm, thank you so kindly for listening, and we'll look forward to next time with you.